Welcome back to another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Ted Rice, and I'm back with another episode to help you transform your health, body, and life. Today, I've got a super inspirational guest for you. His name is Keith Norris, and you may know him as the co-founder, along with his wife, Michelle, of Paleo FX, the largest paleo convention in the world. Before I tell you more about the interview, I want to tell you how excited I am to be releasing our Fat Loss Over 40 course. So if you are in your 40s plus and you're looking to lose fat and you haven't been getting the results you want from your exercise program, from your nutrition program, this course will help you get results. If you're the type of person who says, you know, I eat healthy, but I'm still 20 pounds overweight and it must be my age or my genetics or my whatever. This course is for you. I want to tell you, you can get results, but you have to do the right things. And from coaching people from the last 18 years, I'll tell you, many people are very confused about what they really need to do to get results. And I, as you know from listening to this podcast, I am all about results. Be results-oriented. That's something that I say all the time. So if you're not getting results from what you're doing right now, go to legendarylightpodcast.com, click on the store, sign up for the waiting list for the fat loss course, and get ready to learn the information that you need to finally get those results you've been after. Now, back to the episode for today with Keith Norris. I got Keith on here to talk to him about how he got into paleo, how he started the conference and, and what to expect. And what I thought would be kind of a, a run-of-the-mill normal conversation, you know, good one, good interview as usual, but it turned into a deep conversation about how we should apply these evolutionary lenses, not just to our health and fitness, but to our entire life. Of course, we talk about how health and fitness is so important and how having that evolutionary perspective can help you solve a lot of the issues that occur in today's modern life. But we also dive into why people may be exercising and maybe meditating and maybe eating well, but they're still not happy. They still don't feel fulfilled. They still feel like they're caught in this vortex where they're just not happy with their life and what they're doing. And after listening to this interview, I know you're going to be 10 times as motivated to go to Paleo FX like I am. Uh, so if you'd like to check out Paleo FX, go to paleofx.com. Also check out Keith's blog, ancestralmomentum.com. But first, listen to this interview and see if you don't really understand what this whole movement Keith has started is truly about, because it's about living a healthier, but also happier life. I know you're going to love this inspirational episode with Keith Norris. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. Keith Norris, welcome to the Legendary Light Podcast. Hey, Ted. Glad, glad, glad to be here, brother. Absolutely. And uh, like I said earlier, it's a pleasure to meet you. You are the co-founder. You and your wife both founded 
Paleo FX, the, the biggest ancestral health slash evolutionary medicine slash the place to be if you want to know about how to take care of the human body. You came up with this amazing event, and I'd love to just hear about how that started for you. Why ancestral health? Why take that perspective? How did you go from being in the strength and conditioning world to, to finding your way into paleo? Yeah, well, uh, you know, strength and conditioning was a natural segue into just general health and wellness, right? It, it's our conviction, it's our thought that people should be the champions of their own health. And they can do that very easily and very effectively if they have the knowledge to do so. So um, I, I think ultimately we were just fed up with seeing people kind of outsource their health to the medical establishment. I call it the, the big pharma med insurance industrial complex. And we were just fed up with seeing that. And we were like, you know, there is another way, folks. Mm. But you have to get outside of that reality tunnel that you've built for yourself, thinking that, that somehow you're divorced from your own body and you can't make decisions for your own body and that, you know, you have to outsource this to another agency to take care of you. And that's not true. I mean, thank God we have that system set up for emergencies, right? If I break my arm, I'm going to go see a doctor and get my arm set. But to take care of my health on a day-to-day -day basis, that should be me. And you know what? I can do it very well if I have the correct knowledge and I know, you know where to go and, and who to follow and who to read. Um, and it's not that difficult. What's difficult is getting that knowledge out there and getting people to get out of that mindset that they have to outsource that. And that's, that's really the thrust of the whole conference. And it's not just health. It's mental health, physical health, spiritual health, emotional health, financial health, relational health. All of these fall under, if you look at all of them through it, and we call it the evolutionary lens, if you look at all of those subsets through an evolutionary lens, then it becomes managing those aspects of your life much, much easier. And then you have to outsource less and you have better control with you. That's the thrust of the whole conference. Man, I love that. And you used a very important term, reality tunnel. And yeah. so many people are in this reality. Like right now, you and I were in the US. You know, Trump is president right now. They're talking about the healthcare. And this is the first time you and I are talking, but I know you're thinking the same thing. It's like, are you serious? We're talking about a crappier or less crappy or what? That's yeah. not going to fix our problems. We need to step up and, like you said, empower ourselves with knowledge and be responsible for that and, and not try to wait for the government to save us because the, that guy, that it's person, never going to happen. <laughs> No, and it's, you know, and they really, they, they shouldn't, I mean, they shouldn't right. be as heavily involved as they are. And we've set up this, this kind of house of cards with, again, the, the whole medical industry tied to the pharmaceutical industry, both of those tied to the, to the insurance industry and somebody who gets sucked into that system just gets kicked around that vortex over and over and over. And it really builds this false economy built on sickness not on healthcare, it's, it's sick care management. And we've got this whole false economy created around that. And the underpinning of that false economy is a sick populace. Right. I mean, how crazy is that? And if you look at that whole medical pharma insurance, that whole, that whole system, that whole house of cards, and you look at the GDP that that system controls, 
it's scary, right? And I don't see any will from that vortex to change anything. Why would they? Right. I mean, they're making money. They're making money, right? And you can't, you know, and I'm a business owner too, and you can't fault a business for making money. That's what they do. That's what the definition of business is to make money. Now, you can direct that in a more soulful way, and you can direct that business to where I'm making money, yes, and that allows me to tenfold give back to humanity. That's the kind of business that I want to run, a, 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 you know, a, a soulful business. But these enterprises are just answering to the next shareholders meeting, right? They got to make quarterly, they got to make quarterly estimations. Bam, they got to meet it, got to meet it, got to meet it. And so this whole vortex just has to, it has to be um, upheld with this false economy. And there is no real will to actually heal. It's maintained. So if I can just maintain you long enough to stay in that vortex and you just keep ringing up insurance and ringing up insurance. I mean, we can all see where this is going to lead. It's a it's a train wreck. I mean, it, it can't be otherwise. So, yeah, that's a big thrust of Paleo FX is to get people to opt out of that that the whole false reality tunnel and opt out of that. And if we wind up crashing the U.S. economy, I'm sorry, <laughs> but we might need a little correction in that way. But ultimately, you're going to be the champion of your own health back to the way it should be. Yeah, I love that. And the way you break it down, it's not a conspiracy. It's just people doing their business when you got MBAs running drug companies and hospitals yes. and trying to entering to shareholders and trying to turn a, a bigger profit every quarter. That's just what you get. That's yeah. And I you know, I tell people I'm not a, a conspiracy theorist. I, I I don't think that people, especially in government, are, you know, I hate to say that, I don't think they're intelligent enough to pull that many strings together. But there is a collusion, right, of these sure. entities, and the collusion uh, surrounds money making, yeah. right? And, and so you have people, and I was in, I don't know if you know, but I was in Big Pharma. So I was part of that collusion 10 years ago. And it, you know, it took me a while. You know, I finally reached a, a level of management where I saw, A, where R&D money was going. And, it, you know, I, it, and I saw, oh, wait a second. We're really not trying to find the next new penicillin because we, we have these, you know, the, these diseases we can't get, like septus, for instance. Everything's going towards the next lifestyle drug or the next insulin, it, it, all these maintenance drugs. And like I say, there's not evil people in pharma, but they're just caught in a no-win situation where they have to answer to shareholders, and the way to answer to shareholders and the way to continually increase profits is to come up with the next Viagra. Right. That's the bottom line. And so it was very disheartening once I, because I got into the pharmaceutical industry because I wanted to help people. Can you talk? I didn't know that part of your past. What did, what did yeah. you do in big pharma? Yeah, so essentially I was a liaison in quality control. So it was essentially a liaison between the drug manufacturer and the FDA. So the FDA would come into the uh, pharmaceutical uh, manufacturing plant and they would want to know that your manufacturing process is on the up and up. Right. Right, that, that every dose is just the same as every other dose coming down the line, that your cleaning processes are adequate so that you don't have cross-contamination of drugs. And there's just a, a flurry of stuff that, that takes place on the QA side of it. 
So that was essentially my position to be a liaison between the two, because obviously the drug companies are trying to cut corners as best they can, right? They're trying to make money. They are in their hearts trying to do it safely. And the FDA is just there to, you know, to make sure everything's on the up and up, that they're not cutting the corners too much. So you can see how this back and forth game is going. The FDA doesn't tell the, the pharmaceutical manufacturer how to go about the process. You know, the, the government is smart enough to go, hey, look, we, we don't know all the answers. Kick it back to the manufacturer. They'll figure out the best way to do it. Right. But the downside of that is they're going to try to cut corners a little too much. So there's this give and take in between there. So that's essentially what I did. Yeah. And I didn't realize how I'm so glad we're getting into this. And it's becoming much more clear how Paleo FX came to be from that. And uh, yeah. I have a kind of a similar story where I wasn't working in big pharma or anything like that, but I had all these health problems. Doctors weren't helping me because I was yep. healthy, right? Yep. It's look right here. Your blood work is fine, but I felt terrible yeah. and had these mood swings and other things and, you know, inflammation. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, I found Paul check started getting right into off. the Western yeah. price foundation yeah. and all the, the great people from there. And so it's just really cool hearing that story. And Keith, you mentioned that it's not just about health and fitness. Although when people think of paleo, paleo FX, immediately think of, Hey, it's, it's, you know, paleo diet, it's, yeah. you know, exercise of some sort, but you mentioned some other things. Can you talk about the holistic approach that you take and, and why that's important? Because I feel like so many people miss that part. They think it's all yeah. about exercise and diet, but it sounds yeah. like you got a lot more to say about that. Yeah. So originally, yes, obviously the paleo diet, that was the easiest thing to attack, I guess. So when we look at it, health and lifestyle, um, in, in the whole constellation that is our lives. And we look at that through an evolutionary lens and, and we say, okay, we are, we are animals, right? And so the environment that we, that we evolved in had a, it was a certain subset of systems and foods and atmosphere and all of these things. And we look at that and if we consider you know, the, the epigenetic inputs and, and what we are as animals and what we have to have to be healthy. You know, how do you feed and water your, your favorite little human animal to make it healthy? Then we start looking at all aspects of life. Diet was just the easiest to look at, right? Sure. Because that was, that was the thing that was in biggest conflict. So when we look at, well, what is it that a human being, not just to survive, but to thrive, what are those things that it needs? And then you ask yourself, okay, if those are the things that it needs, just basic proteins, basic, good, wholesome fats, a smattering of carbohydrates, and those carbohydrates should come from either plant or, or, or root sources. Okay, cool. That's what the human animal had at that time. And then we step back and we look at, okay, what does the human animal have access to now? And it's not even close to what we ate considering you know how we evolved okay so we look at that and a lot of people get that okay so that's the basic paleo diet template and there's lots of variations of that and lots of variations depending on how hard you work out depending on your ancestry um, depending on what diseases you may have right now because you have lived a, a crappy lifestyle before um, and so you meet 
everybody where they are and you adjust the diet as necessary. Well, that was easy, right? Those, those were easy to figure out. Hey, you know, sugar, refined carbohydrates, those are problems. Pull them out of the diet. Let's see what happens. Oh, by the way, pull them out of the diet. We see what happens. People start getting healthy. Mm. Okay. We take that a step further. Take it a step further. You start, you start looking around. Okay. Uh, what else in the diet might be bad for the human animal? And you start pulling these things out. Oh, they get even healthier. So you take that same critical thought, question everything, and now you start applying it to uh, economics, let's say. And that, that same talk that we had before about the medical, pharma, insurance, industrial complex, and you step back and look at that and you go, yeah, that's not really right either. That's kind of creating a false economy. And, and then, okay, well, that's messed up. What can I do to, to change that? What can I do to get out of that vortex? And then maybe you shift over and you cast that lens towards your job. You know, is my job making me happy? Am I healthy? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I overstressed? You know, do I spend too much time in a car commuting? I mean, it just, then it just goes like wildfire throughout your entire life. And then you start casting that evolutionary lens on all of these aspects and you start coming back and asking these basic questions. And then that, that what once was your reality tunnel, I, I, I hate that I keep using that term, but it's very, it, it is. You have to just shatter that reality tunnel and start asking questions. Why, 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 why? And I always like, the one thing I got out of the pharmaceutical industry that I use to this day is a good management practice of when you hit up against a problem, and this comes from the old uh, Toyota. If anybody went through uh, Lean Six Sigma training and in, in management courses, there's a very, very basic template of, I have a problem. Now, this was in management, but it can be used personally, and I do use it personally. I have a problem. Let me ask five questions as to why that problem exists. Not just one, not just two, because you can either A, lie to yourself, or mm -hmm. B, you're totally deluded, and what you see as a problem is actually a symptom of a deeper problem and so you have to continually ask questions till you get at the root. We did that with diet, right? And then we just shifted that evolutionary lens to another aspect, economy, personal economy, personal finance, uh, emotional status, relationship status, all of these. You go through that five why process and eventually, you know, you get down to number four or number five and you're left with, wow, the whole structure is messed up. The whole structure is messed up. So how do I recover from that? And actually, the recovery is, is very, very easy. So anyway, to answer your question, yeah, paleo effects is a lot more, a lot more than just diet. Yes, it's diet. Yes, it's strength and conditioning because we evolved to be obligate movers and opportunistic eaters. Mm. That's how we evolved. Now, the difference is the opportunistic eating part, we didn't have many options right. right now we're just surrounded by hyper palatable foods everywhere i'm in a hotel right now at a conference i can walk right outside my door and eat anything bad right at my fingertips all of it bad right all of it bad right and so now now it might now instead of being that you know evolving entity that only had access to certain foods that was my only options and yes i would shove everything down my pie hole that didn't either eat me first or poison me. So that, that was the options. Okay. Sure. So that's a pretty simple way to live really. Right. It takes, 
takes all the thinking out of it. Absolutely. Other than maybe, okay, yeah, that was poisonous. I need to stay away from that, or that's going to kill me. I need to run from that. You know, those those were the choices. And now we're now that you know our society. And I know I'm I'm hitting on something that everybody knows, but our society is set up now to where a you don't have to move, and b you're surrounded by hyper palatable food. So we've just flipped everything on its head. And we are, we're still wired for that. We're wired for laziness, right? Because we couldn't just freely expend energy prior. That, that's not a good survival tactic. And we're wired to eat everything in front of us, especially stuff that's hyper palatable. Yeah. That's so well said, Keith. And, and I mean, I, I don't think anyone can say it enough, especially to the people who aren't in our business, yeah. right? It's like, why? My dad asked me the other day, he's like, why, why are people so fat, even though, we have all this information and it yep. really comes down to those two things that you said. We don't have to move. I had to go out of my way to hit my 10,000 steps today. Yes. And I'm in the fitness business. Yeah. Right. I, know? I totally get it. Yeah. I, and I'll tell you one thing, I, one thing I have to do so that I get enough movement. And I'm in the fitness business too. We, another thing that I own other than Paleo FX is we own, uh, own gyms in Austin, Texas. Um, and we, we manufacture some proprietary exercise equipment. I am surrounded by gyms. Every office I go to, I can work out. I, I'm lucky that way. I've set my life up that way. But the thing is, I don't have to move very far to get office to office. <laughs> right? And unless I set my life up to where I am forced to, and for me, it's, I, I ride a bike. I love riding bikes. That's just my, that, that's my thing. And so I'm like, okay, let me sit back and think about this. How can I re-engineer re my life so that I'm forced to move, right? Lifting's not a problem. I can lift anytime I want, any day. But moving, unless I structure my life to force myself to move, and I'm someone who loves to move, right? right? I, I dig it. Right. But it was just a convenience thing, right? That kept me from moving. It was just a convenience thing. So I got rid of my car. I'm like, you know what? Wow. I don't need a car. Totally ditch the car, have a bike now. Now I get it. I'm lucky in the fact that I can show up to a business meeting. I'm using air quotes if this because it doesn't transfer very well, but I can go to a business meeting at the height of summer, walk in sweaty from having ridden my bike, and people are like, oh yeah, it's in the fitness industry. Yeah, he's going to be sweaty. Yeah. And I get it that not everybody has that, but everybody can do something, structure their life somehow to where they're getting that daily movement. Because you and I both know it's not just lifting, right? Yeah. I love to lift. You love to, I mean, we love that. But even the old school bodybuilders knew, man, you had to get that movement in every day. The iron wasn't enough if you wanted to be a fully fleshed out human being. And that's where the daily movement comes in. But it's hard to get that daily movement unless you structure your life such. But that's just an example of kind of taking that evolutionary lens and casting it in another area of my life. And that's all I did. You know, it's not rocket science. And I would also tell people, if you're struggling with your weight, or if you're struggling with all of these issues, it is not a moral failing on your part. You are wired as a human being to not, or, or to conserve energy. You're wired that way. That's sure. in your genes. It's in your genes to be drawn to hyperpalatable foods. So survival, Otherwise, yeah. It's a survival mechanism. And yeah. if you weren't, you wouldn't be here right now. Your ancestors <laughs> would have been long gone. So just yeah. realize that it's not a moral failing. It's hardwired in you. And now that you know it's hardwired in you, then you can take a step back and go, okay, 
I know why I'm drawn to the fried Twinkies. I get it. I'm hardwired towards that kind of stuff. But is that good for me? Then you can start having these self, you know, these questions, and it, then it doesn't come back to that moral failure, that that uh, self defeatism thing, mm-hmm. that just derails people completely. And then it's just, well, I'm a, a bad person, and so yeah, I deserve to be fat. I'm a bad person. Yeah, I deserve to be diseased. All of those things. So you just remove that moral aspect to it, and now we can really start attacking the problem. I totally went off on a tangent. Sorry. Not at all. No, what you said, it was it's so important. And I feel like it's an awakening that's happening because you like the fat shaming thing, for example. Yeah. It's it's that's not the whole picture. You just gave the whole picture. And in you know, we had Rob Wolf on not too long ago talking about uh, you know, his perspective. We have Stefan Guinet, who yep. just wrote The Hungry Brain. And and I think it's like, oh, it's not my moral failings because even though this this podcast is heard in 160 countries, it's a very that's like a very American thing for you non-Americans listening. We all like to take responsibility and oh, if I if I'm fat, it's gotta be a hundred percent my fault. I yep. I haven't done what I need to do. And and the truth is that most people, at least in the US, are losing that battle. Uh, a third of people are obese. You know, uh, many more overweight, heart disease is number one killer, cancer is number two. We know a lot of that can be prevented by lifestyle, but nobody is doing that much except for the people like you and I who are, who have like, hey, I got to live it. Um, I'm curious, Keith, what got you to live this? You You left the pharmaceutical industry. Okay, you started another business. I get it. But what got you to live this way? Did you have health problems? What was it that personally motivated you? You know, I was I was a, a lifelong athlete. I started running track when I was a, a, a preteen. I was like uh, 11 years old, I think, when I started. Uh, I ran AAU track and field, and I I did uh, Thai kickboxing when I was a, a kid. So I and kind of go way back here, but I, I remember I turned 12 years old in the summer of 76, right? 76 Olympics, back when Bruce Jenner was a dude and was kicking ass in the decathlon, <laughs> right? That's, that's how far back I go. But that summer was very pivotal in my life because I had just started, you know, just started my own training process. It was something as a kid that I that I could grab a hold of. I wasn't the best student, right? I was that kid that sat in class and you know, looking back on it now, I was probably ADD through the ceiling, but I just was fidgety. Just, you know, I was, if I wasn't fidgety, I was daydreaming outside, looking outside, just thinking, damn, I want to be outside. I want to, you know, so I was not a good student, but I was, I found myself when I got into athletics, right? Mm. And when I got into team athletics, you know, I'm a very uh, kinesthetic learner. I could, I could watch somebody do something and go, I got it. You know, I, and, and that just, I, I knew that's what I wanted to do as a kid. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. I had no idea what it was going to look like, right? Um, I come from a, from a very uh, working class environment. Uh, all of my family is working class. God bless them. Not a, not a single entrepreneur in the bunch. You know, it was, I, I call it tool an hour. I mean, it was, it was 40, 50, 60 hours a week, punch the clock, hard work. Um, and, that, and that's what A, defines you as a man. And uh, B, def- just defines your self-worth as a man. If you weren't doing that, you, you, you know, what good are you to me? Interesting. So, yeah. so as, a, 
as a kid, I had this dichotomy, man. I was like, yeah, I love, I, I love athletics, but then it turned into, you know, when I, when I got a little bit older, it was like, okay, well, I got to do something with this to prove my worth. So then it became athletics with a goal towards getting a scholarship. Um, and then, you know, athletics with a goal towards making money at it, turning pro. So there's all this huge pressure. And it wasn't just me. I mean, it's just where I grew up mm. and I, you know, I seen, you know, the whole, a whole train of people who had come before me who, who did make it. So I knew it was possible. Right. And coming up in those training systems. Um, so anyway, but you know, I, I knew that was going to be my, my path. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, when I playing long, 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 long story short, played uh, football in high school, went on, played football in college, um, suffered an injury in college that kind of put me out of the running for any kind of, any, any kind of pro tryouts or anything and really went into a tailspin because my whole identity was with I mean, it was just taken from me before I was ready to give it up. Yeah. And I had no psychology to wrap myself around that. Um, and I was probably, you know, depressed thinking, Oh shit. Now, you know, now what now I, you know, I've come this far and now what, now I'm going to have to go back to that path of, um, you know, I, I, I certainly was not scared of hard work. Hard work is what got me on the playing field to begin with, but it, something inside of me just told me that's not, that's not your path, dude. That's just not it. Um, so, so to save myself from going into a very, very negative tailspin, I went into the military cause I, I, I didn't know anything else to do, but I knew I had to get out of that atmosphere. Yeah. So I, I went into the military. Um, it, it turned out to be a, a, another guy. I've had a lot of godsends in my life. Um, you know, first of all, just being around some of the best coaches that any kid could have been exposed to from the from the youth level all the way up through college football. Just luck of the draw. Nothing I did. Just pure luck of the draw. Um, wound up going into the military and and for the first time in my life was faced with no one there to kind of push me to, to work out, right? Mm. The first time in my life that I didn't have some coach that was either programming for me or, or coaxing me to work out. Um, and so then I was like, wow, I really don't feel all that good if I'm not working out. So that was the first time it hit me that, wow, that does matter. So anyway, I started, I trained myself. I started training other people and that, that's how I got into training, yeah. you know? And then I, I, I left the military, uh, got into the pharmaceutical industry, got lucky enough to get uh, uh, tied up with a Division I uh, strength and conditioning coach. I was looking for a place to train. He was looking for someone knowledgeable to kind of help out and, and teach the football players. And I was like, I think we can work a deal here. Anyway, it turned into a beautiful partnership. So I was able to scratch that training itch while I was in big pharma. And, uh, you know, at a certain point, I, I, I didn't know what really – what was eating at me, but what was eating at me was number one, dissatisfaction with the status quo of, of the healthcare in the U S and number two, I had an entrepreneurial bug. I didn't know it at the time, but that's what it was. Mm. It was an itch to do something of my own. And I'll tell you a real quick, funny story about the entrepreneurial side. I didn't even know what the word entrepreneur meant until I went to college. I, I didn't even know what it meant. I had no clue. It was like, wow, people can, you can just like, Start, start a business? business? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know what I thought before. And I laugh about that now, but it never entered my, again, reality tunnel. It just wasn't there. I thought, you know, I just, I don't know. 
I don't know what I thought or how I thought businesses got started, but it, it just was not in my reality tunnel that someone could just say, hey, I want to start a business and, you know, get it together and get some capital together and, you know, roll the dice and let's see how this thing goes. Wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. And it's, I, I look at that now and I laugh at it, but I, I use it to, to show people that if you can take a kid who didn't even know what the word entrepreneur meant when he was in college, and now I'm not the most successful guy in the world, but I love my life and I, I have businesses that I have built that I think are changing the world. And that to me, that is just so much satisfaction. So if I can go from not even knowing what entrepreneur meant to actually being able to do that, anybody can do it if you have the passion and the drive and the love for, for what you want to do. Again, another tangent. I'm sorry for rolling down, but... Uh, no way, man. That's so inspirational. Please don't apologize for sharing that. <laughs> uh, we we have so many technical guests on the show, which are awesome, but it's great to hear just like, a, you know, you're obviously super knowledgeable. You've been in the health and fitness business forever. You run the biggest ancestral health event in the US period, but to hear your story, man, it's just inspirational. Thank you so much for for sharing sure, more sure. personal aspects of your life and, and your journey. And uh, man, that's what we need to hear sometimes. And I'm I'm pumped up hearing it, Keith. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it, I mean, it's it, and I would say something else that uh, on the entrepreneur side that I am not a business person, right? I, I I took exactly one accounting course when I was in college. One in. And I didn't even last the entire course. I think I went to a couple of classes and I was like, what is this? I need to get the hell out of it. Whatever that, whatever that is, I need to get the hell out. So, and even today, I am not the finance guy, right? I'm, I'm not the operations guy. I'm not even the CEO. I have to surround myself with those types because it's not my personality. I don't enjoy doing it, but I realize the necessity of those positions. If I'm anything, and this took me a long time to figure out about myself too, and a lot of soul searching, how can I be an entrepreneur and not be a CEO? I, I'm curious about that. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you found your place or how you define your place? Because you're obviously the person behind this as far as like the push towards paleo and primal living. Yeah. It's, you know, it was a lot of soul searching to tell you the truth. I mean, I went through a, up until recently, I would have these like identity crisis moments, right? I think every entrepreneur can identify with sometimes feeling like an imposter or an impose or, you know, people look to you for, for advice. And I would be like, dude, if you only knew I'm the last person you need to come to for business, I am the last, which wasn't true. Really. It's just, I was the last person to come to, to ask about being a CEO mm. or ask about being an operations guy or ask about the actual, uh, the money side of it, right? I totally, you know, the importance of it. Yes, absolutely. And I surround myself with the best people I can. And because I know if I don't, my ship is going to sink. Yeah. And I have to have hands down the best people in those positions to, you know, to get anything done. But I was uncomfortable being the visionary, right? And it, and when I, and when you think about visionary, you think about someone sitting back and just kind of, Thinking striking the Steve Jobs yeah. pose, right? Right. And yeah. I, I thought, oh, dude, that you're you are totally deluding yourself. <laughs> That's not the way it's done. But when I would, uh, when I did all this self assessment, and it, I mean, if we want, we can go down the whole plant medicine thing because that that kind of helped me out as well too to kind of see some some things that were hidden. But when I 
when I got down, you know, to it, it was, well, that's what I do. I mean, and I'm, I've got to be comfortable doing that. So I, I, I kind of said, well, you know, in what other realm does this, does this correlate where somebody like kicks back and like directs where the ship should go? Because I'm not the captain. I'm not the XO. I'm not the deckhands. I'm not, I'm, I'm not good at any of that. I, can I do it? Yes, I can do it, but I'm not a happy person doing it. Right. And I thought, well, you're the navigator, man. Mm. You're the guy out on the ship with the sextant and the stars. And you're, I mean, you're telling the captain, Hey, yo cap starboard three degrees. That's where we need to go. And I thought that's what I, that's what I, that's what I do essentially for these businesses. Right. That's, that's my part for better or worse or, or, you know, that's the position and I'm very good at that. And so I need to own that. And I think another part of it too was again, reality tunnel. When you think of the visionary, when you think of kind of the navigator, he's not the guy you think of as the tool and hour guy getting it done in the trenches, just slogging away. You think of the CEO as that type of person, right? You think of the operations person as that type. And I kept trying to identify with those types because that was my background that I could translate from a blue collar background. And even though the tools were different, the mindset was kind of the same. And so I identified with those positions and not the visionary part of it. And as soon as I was like, as soon as I allowed myself to break free of that, then I was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's what I do. And if paleo effects keeps me around, (laughs) it doesn't push me out. It's the running joke at paleo effects. It's like, we don't really know what Keith does. He just kind (laughs) of, But like you said, you're the navigator and I relate to that. I'm not the guy, I'm not the salesman. I'm not the, you know, but you're the idea guy. You're the person who's directing, like, where is this movement going? All the working parts need to be there and need, the cogs need to turn. But yeah. what is this actually about and where is it going? You're the guy. And I feel yeah. like, although in a much smaller scale, like I'm that guy for this and I suck at all the other things as well you know i think that's key that you find out what you suck at right and i think is is and especially startup entrepreneurs right and startups is kind of my thing i i like that idea of getting something off the ground and rolling i like surrounding myself with a with a team you know it comes back to that whole that whole you know prior football and prior military experience of building a team to get a job done Right. And that, that to me is just like, I love that. Yeah. You know, okay. I want to get this project off the ground. Who would be the most awesome CEO for that project? Who would be the perfect ops guy? What are the tech people I need to bring in? Who do I know? Who can pull this particular project off? And then I can just kind of sit up and whiteboard it out that, you know, this is my vision. This is what I see this thing doing. This is where I see us in five years. This is, you know, this is what I see the end product looking like. Um, but I can't do it. I'm not the I'm not I'm not the shoe cobbler. I can't cobble day to day to day to day. I need you guys to do that. Yeah. And you know, putting together teams like that, it, yeah. So you know, for better or worse, that's what I do. That's what I'm good at. That's what I'm passionate about. Um, and thank God that I've been able to run across some of the some of the best uh, operations people in the world. I mean, you know, my my wife Michelle is the consummate CEO. Right. And I look at her and I just go, how do you do that? 
<laughs> how do you do that? I don't, you know, I don't get it, but she's good at it. Yeah. And, and Mark Alexander, our financial guy, he's also my uh, partner in efficient exercise and with ArcsFit too, you know, does it feel, I mean, he's at home with numbers and the finance side of it and, and all of that. And it, I mean, and in a lot of ways we are, we are like brothers In a lot of ways we're complete opposites because the only thing I want to know about finances is thumb up sideways or we're going down the tubes that's all i need to know right on as long as we're trending up everything's cool then i can continue on with my crazy ass ideas (laughs) yeah and and when when i hear you talk about that i hear you know you talked about your your team experience playing football you talked about your military experience working as a team to to accomplish missions or you know and i think for the people listening you know, I think about community and tribe and, yep. and making sure that we're surrounded by the people. Okay, maybe they're not entrepreneurs. Actually, some of the people are. Can you talk a little bit about how that is, I feel at least, a part of our life that has a huge impact on our stress levels, our health? But people are like, oh, I, I work out hard. I, you know, I eat this way where I'm, you know, try to keep it ancestral, but they go back to the other parts of their life and they're not supported. It's this source of stress. Can yeah. you talk about that and, and what paleo FX does in that capacity to, to help people in that area? Yeah, totally. I mean, that's, and that's some of the other aspects of paleo FX. Um, you know, we kind of brushed on jobs, you know, just, uh, in, in, in labor jobs, not Steve jobs. We brushed on him too, but, um, <laughs> You know, so, so yeah, if you have, you know, you got your diet dialed in, you've got your workout dialed in, but you're going to a job day to day to day to day that, that is bringing you down, that is causing you just untold stress, that you can't sleep at night because you're worried about this, that, or the other, you're still not fulfilled, man. And it doesn't matter how dialed in your diet, how dialed in your workout, if that other aspect of your life is so hard on your system and you're still not whole. Right. You're still just, you're still grappling. Kudos that you got the diet dialed in. All right. That's, that's going to buy you some buffer. Kudos that you got the workout dialed in. That's going to buy you some buffer too. But this constellation of all these things that go into making our body, um, it, and I always tell people if, if a disease erupts in a body, it is, it is the result of the essentially the immune system getting suppressed to the point where that underlying disease now can erupt, mm. right? And, it, and I would talk also about the diet and the workout because sometimes those can get flipped on end on their heads and yeah. people who are otherwise unhappy in other areas of your life. So now that becomes, okay, it, we see this in anorexia or, or bulimia, right? So the diet is the one thing I can control in my life. I can't control my relationships. I can't control my job. I can't control the stress. I can't, but I can control that diet and I can, I throw everything into it because that's my one area of control or an exercise, right? I can't control anything else. I can't control my eating. (laughs) I can't control (laughs) anything, but by God, I'm in the gym every freaking day. And not only am I in the gym, but I am busting ass every day, right? And those are train wrecks. Right? right, so you take that good, you take that good, and now it just becomes flipped on its head, and it becomes even more of a negative. Yeah. So now you have that negative stress on top of a crappy job, on top of a bad relationship, and it just brings you down even further. Um, 
so yeah, the, the, the human is a holistic system, right? And I, and I, you know, it, this comes back to those, those five questions again, right? Do I really enjoy what it is that I do to get these, these, uh, bio survival tickets that we call money, right? right. What is, what is that that I do? And is there a trade-off there, right? So maybe I'm in finance and I'm knocking down 300K a year, but my health is just down the tubes. Is that worth it? You have to have that, you have to have that conversation with yourself or with a trusted other to ask those hard questions. Dude, is the new Ferrari really going to make you happy? Mm. Is it really going to do that for you? Or is your health going to make you more happy? And, and you know, I get it. Not everybody can just ditch their job tomorrow and, and you know, just go and be an entrepreneur or go surf for the rest of your life or what, whatever your calling is. I get it because I was there too, man. I was in, you know, I was caught in that, in the, in big pharma. I had the big house. I had the big cars. Uh, Michelle and I had four kids that we had to get, we thought we had to get through college and not just college, but the best colleges. Right. So we were caught in that wheel too. I get it. Man, I get it. And the more that I worked in that system, the more I became to hate it, right? And that's not a good place to be. In fact, it got to the point to where it, Michelle and I were finally at the point where we're like, okay, we are, we're ditching this. We're cutting it off at the knees and we're getting out of this whole system, right? Um, unfortunately, we did it at the very bottom of the housing market. Oh. It, was, it was a... And that's a whole other story of the, what God is thinking about who is actually taking care of us financially, because we had gone through the whole dot-com implosion and lost tons of money in that. All right. So that was the first, you know, that was the first standing eight count that, oh, wow, the stock market's not looking out for you. I laugh at this now thinking that I thought that way, you know, thinking that that somehow being like heavily invested in the stock market that I was financially bulletproof. Right. Yeah, it'll go through some ups and downs. But, you know, at the end of the day, after thinking about that, I was like, wow, they, you know, this is a, this is a cold, hard reality that there is no personal anything in that system. It is a number system. People win, people lose. And the majority of people lose, especially those like myself who were coming from the outside trying to figure it out. I'm not inside the system. I don't know, you know, I don't know the ins and outs, the particulars of how to make it through that system. I'm going to lose. And when I lose, I'm going to lose big. But after that, it was like, okay, you know, Michelle and I step back. We kind of, <laughs> you know, go to the ring, step back in or go to the corner, step back in the ring. And then, and then it's the, uh, you know, then it's the Mike Tyson punch to the mouth of the housing market imploding. And we had all, a lot of our assets tied up in real estate at that time, and they just evaporated. Wow! Just gone, like a lot of people. I mean, yeah, just gone through that. Lost it, a lot, and so at the bottom of the housing market, we decided, you know, are we gonna are we gonna actually do this, or are, are we just gonna you know bump our gums and talk about it and go back to go back to work? And we said, nope, we're still we're Full charge ahead. And I'm going to tell you, that was one of the scariest parts of my life. And I've been in some pretty scary situations, you know, in the, in the military. But that, 
that was scary because it meant um, the possibility of public failure, right? Because, you know, our friends and family were already like, we think you're not just crazy, but certifiably crazy. When you were starting Paleo FX? Well, that too. But before, but whenever but when, we left, yeah. The, the real when, estate. Whenever I left, yeah. When I left the pharma industry, because let's face it, the pharma industry is still doing pretty good. Yep. And those that are in that industry are still, still doing good. And we left that willingly. Just, you know, we weren't let go. We weren't fired. We weren't, you know, there wasn't a merger when we got eliminated. So, and I saw a lot of that too. But we were like, no, we're leaving. It's not... We're totally, and, you know, people are like, well, what are you going to do? Well, we don't know, but it's going to be something. It's going to be something we want to do and something we're passionate about. Oh my God. Yeah. They were like, you're not only crazy, but you're certifiably crazy. You really <laughs> need to think about this. That's what people say, right? Right. That's <laughs> when it makes them feel uncomfortable. They're like, you're going to leave yeah, your, yeah. your, your comfort of your nice, you know, stable. At least I feel that it's stable, even though it's not really stable job to, to go do something crazy and start a yeah. paleo educational conference thing. Yeah. People don't, they're not, um, how can I say when they say that and I, and I get it, I understand. And I love all those people who, who thought enough of me to actually say that, right? right? Because they were, they thought they were kind of doing me a solid, you know, yeah. trying to give me a, a reality check. And in reality, what it is, is that someone who does that makes them feel totally uncomfortable, totally uncomfortable because they're like, they're in that wheel, they're in that vortex and they're like, he's leaving. What does he know that I don't know? And then it's the self-questioning thing of those people who are caught in the vortex, right? And so yep. you flip that back around. It's, you know, the, the whole thing about the, uh, the bucket of crabs, right? Yep. The, the lone crab is, is, just almost at the top of the bucket, but another one reaches up and whoop, pulls him back down, you know, because no, the crabs don't want one to get out. Yeah. It's going to make me. Okay. So, so I get, so we had a lot of that going on and that that's just to say, you know, it, it, it could have just as easily turned out to where I had to go back, you know, working some other type of job. But the fact that, that not just I, but Michelle and I together said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to at least give this a shot because we don't believe in this system that has, that has uh, crashed on us twice, essentially. Right. It, it, and we did all the right, you know, and I kept thinking, man, I did all the right things. I did all the right things, man. I went and got a, I, I got that college education. You know, I served my country. I went and I, and I got a job, not just in an industry, but an industry that was highly valued. You know, I did all, I invested money correct. I did it. I did it. I did. You know, I moved up house, 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 house. I got the big house. I got the big mortgage. You know, I got the big cars. I did everything right. Why did all this crash and burn around me? And the thing was, the system wasn't right. Mm -hmm. I was buying into a system that I thought was right. And the system was failing and the system is failing now. You know, I think about the whole 401k thing, right? Not only did did my personal investments implode during the dot com bust, but my four hundred one k went down too. And I thought, I didn't know that. Minute. Yeah, that's my freaking retire retirement. Right. It's not just my personal file. That's bad enough, but my retirement is going down the tubes as well. Hold on a, a second, man. This system is. I, I don't know about this system. So, 
yeah, so then it then it was a quest of, okay, what is it that I have that can never be taken from me? What cannot ever take from me? You know, and that comes down to relationships, it comes down to friends, it comes down to love, and it becomes to what's in between your ears, the knowledge you have, the inherent skills you have, those can never be taken from you. And your passion right? so, as well for for something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I tell people if we could create a business at the bottom of the housing market at the worst possible time, if you were to ask, uh, you know, a finance guy anywhere, they would have said, dude, you are, there's no way this thing's going to work out. There's no way. Stay where you're at, try to recover. But if we would have stayed where we, at, where we were at and tried to recover, we may have financially for a while, but the system is still crippled. Right, I don't know how long it's going to keep going, but it's crippled. Um, but I do know one thing: no one can take my passion. No one can take the knowledge that I have. You know, now I know how to be an entrepreneur. I know who I am at the heart. I know I'm the navigator. So no matter what, no one can take that from me. Right? I can I I can create, and I know the people I need on my team. That can never be taken from me, no matter what the economy does outside. Yeah, that is powerful, Keith. And, um, you know, I feel like listening to that story, I mean, not only do I feel like we're kindred spirits in that, but also you're pointing out another part of, um, you know, if you want to look at it as broken or if you want to look at it as misguided, this world has gotten us to here where you can start what you want to start and what I can start what I want. And we can have that hindsight and look back and say, oh, shit's fucked up here. You know, this housing yep. market, this, you know, yep. invest in the stock market, the housing market, work in some soul sucking job that you feel is stable, but that you could really get fired at any time and then say, hey, well, how do we make things better? And that's what I feel like you're doing. You're trying to help people with their health, but obviously all about that. You're trying to get people to opt out, like you said, of that reality that so many people are stuck into and don't feel like they have any other opportunities or choices, even though, man, there's never been time with more opportunity and you're yeah. doing that with people's right. health. You're doing it with, uh, absolutely, you know, and I feel like we're at a time also where people are focusing on the wrong things like the, the Trump, uh, the Trump stuff, the terror attack that just happened in, in France. It's like, well, can you do something about it right now? Can you donate money? Can you go and show up? Can you do something? Can you? Most of the time, the answer is no. It's just a post on social me on a social media platform. And I feel like what you're inspiring me to do, and I know everyone listening, is start to focus on what truly matters: the people around you, your health, how connected you are to what you're doing in your life. Because there's no amount of exercise or supplements or plant medicine that yeah. that will change that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to. You literally have to create your own reality and bust out of this, bust out of that reality that the system is trying to keep you in, right? And I, I, I get it because I was stuck in that too. You know, I went to I went to school just like everybody else, I, and I was just taught. You know, we unfortunately the way this the education system is set up in this country, it's just it's force feeding you into a system just like I came out in. How can I go through a whole education system and not know what an entrepreneur was when I got out? <laughs> right. How crazy. is that possible? 
And I look yeah. back on that and go, well, was I just a dumb kid and never heard that? I mean, granted, I wasn't the best student because I wasn't motivated. I mean, there was something inside of me that was just, I just wasn't motivated, right? But that option was never given to me. Yeah, I, I never saw that. I never saw it in my, my family, but I never saw it in school either. That is being an option. And so you just get these kids that are just pipelined from the time they're, you know, five, six years old in kindergarten all the way through high school and into college, it probably gets worse, right? And you're just pipelined into the system and you, you come out of the other end of the pipe and you're in this sewer of the, of the system now. And now what do you do, right? Now you've got student loans. You've got very little tangible experience. And so now, and now you're beholden to the system and now you get caught in that, you get caught in the wash. Yeah. Um, looking for jobs, looking putting for your jobs. resume in front of people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, can I, can I please have a job? Can I? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and, and you're a commodity at that point. Yeah. It's just, you know, I just, there's a lot of things broken about our system, you know, to be sure the economy's broken, the whole uh, the medical pharma insurance complex that I talked about that sucks up so much of the GDP and it's, it is just fed by sick people. You got to have sick people to feed the system, which is, you know, just a collusion of, of bad choices. Mm. Right. And, and, and then if you take a step back further than that, you go, okay, well, what makes the people sick? Well, it's mostly the foods that they eat. Oh shit. The government's subsidizing the very foods that are making the people sick that are keeping them caught in that circle. And you can just, I mean, it just, it hurts my head when I look at it and I see how this whole thing is set up, right? And then on the other side of it, on the, on, the, uh, on the soul and fulfillment side of it, we have the pipeline of kids from kindergarten all the way through college. And they come out, like I said, in the, in the, in the, the outwash or the sewer of that system. Now they're caught in the system. It is just this big, you know, I kind of imagine it in my head, just this big vortex, this big wash. And it, you have to be so open-minded and fight so freaking hard to bust out of that system. But once you do, it is so free. Yeah. It's absolutely free. But I, I'll tell you one thing about the, you know, I was just, I was talking to uh, Mark Alexander, the, you know, my financial partner. And uh, we were, we were driving through uh, one section of Austin and uh, he was driving and I was <laughs> riding for one time because I don't have a car again, like we talked about, but uh and we were driving through this neighborhood and it was just McMansion after McMansion after McMansion. And I thought, Mark, who, who is going to buy these houses in 20 years? I mean, have you talked to a millennial lately? Has any millennial ever told you that they aspire to that big house? They, I have not. And granted, the exposure I have to millennials are already on the entrepreneur side of things are already they're opting things. out Keith I read something they recently they're not buying the cars and they don't care about the new cars and for me man I love hearing that yeah. you know they don't want it they yeah. want freedom freedom right? you talk to every one of or everyone that I've run across and I asked because I started going well maybe it's just you know I'm, I'm just lucky enough to be you know associated with a cool group of millennials who think but Everyone I ask, I'm like, man, what, you know, what are your dreams? What do you, what do you aspire to do? What do you, what do you want? And I'll slide that big house, big car, you know, thing kind of in there to kind of bait. And they're like, I mean, it's almost like 
dude, I, <laughs> no, I don't, you know, I don't want that. Yeah. And I think who are going to, who's going to support this system in 20 years? No it's one wants question. those houses. Yeah. I mean, so that, so that's the other massive part of the economy that you think, I don't know, man, I don't know. It might get really dicey here. And if you get enough people opting out of the whole, you know, the, the sick care side of it, it, a lot of them are going to be forced out just because of the way insurance is going right now. Sure. People are going to be forced to have to take care of their own house. One way or the other, that house of cards is going to crumble too. It, it, it's, it's just this false economy, both on the housing side and the, in the medical side of things. It's, it's a false economy and it's not going to last. I'm curious. And, and I want to talk a little bit about paleo effects. We've, we've gone down so, so many interesting roads here. And like I said, there is quite a bit of research on the, I, I haven't read about the, car, the the houses, but cars, the millennials aren't buying cars. Everybody, they want to travel the world and, you know, experience things like you said, and do something that is meaningful to them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that's what I want to do, you know, right. yeah. so I'm with that a hundred percent, even though, you know, I'm 40 right now, Right. but what piece of advice would you say? Like, if you feel like all these, you know, people aren't going to be buying cars. So if you're going to be selling cars, it's probably not such a great place to be in, in five or 10 years or making manch these, the McMansions, as you call them. Yeah. What do you think? Should everybody be like you and me where we're, we're doing our own little thing or what advice would you give to someone or, listening right now? Yeah. So, you know, just, I wish everybody, so I, I tell people this, I get it. Not everybody is a true entrepreneur. I totally understand that, but you have to think like an entrepreneur in today's day and age. It makes and, sense. And, and partner with somebody who does have the visionary CEO skills, right? There's a bazillion companies that are starting up and traditionally, you know, the traditional system would tell you, oh, absolutely, you know, do not get involved in a company like that because, you know, the failure rate is so high. Mm -hmm. Guess what? The failure rate on the other side is so high too. So, you know, I, it, it, I know this is cliche. It's totally, totally cliche, but it is so true. And you have to find what it is you love to do, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're doing something you don't love, even if you're making bank doing it, you're not going to be happy. So true. And I, and I you know, and I can't, so I can't answer that for people other than to say, you've got to find what you love to do, right? We have, we have, as, I like to call them partners or associates. I don't like to use the word employee at Paleo FX because there's so much more than that, right? And they're there. They're not the CEO. They're not the COO. They're not the, you know, they're not the visionary. They're not the this or not the that, but they are super, super passionate of, of what they do. And they love working for Paleo FX because they're passionate about it. And so if you, whatever your thing is, man, whether you're building surfboards or, you know, what, whatever it is, just be passionate about it. You'll be all right. You will be cool. And especially, especially so if you don't make that mistake and get caught in that freaking mortgage wheel, right? In the, in the, the freaking house payment, the car payment, the paying off the student loans, all of that, that is a, that is the load that you're carrying as a young person that is so oh. hard to get off your back, man. And I, I, and again, I get it. I've, I've been there. I, I was lucky enough to, you know, I, I went to school on scholarship, so I didn't have a 
student loan to have to deal with, but I voluntarily got sucked into the system with the mortgage. Right. right? I mean, I, um, and it, you know, if it's one thing I could look, look back on in changing my life, you know, this, it, and I shouldn't say I wouldn't change it in my life because it made me the passionate person I am now to be able to discuss it. Right. Yeah. But, but that, that load is just staggering, man. And if you get caught in that vortex, it is so hard to get out. And it's, uh, and, and I think that's missing in our education system, man, because you know, people <laughs> come through the education yeah. system that everybody's going to go to college and everybody's not in, not everybody wants to go, nor does everybody need to go to college. We had the, one of the best trainers I've had at Efficient Exercise came to me and said, look, man, I'm not down with the whole college thing because I understand how that racket works. Can I apprentice for you and learn this business, both the training side and the business side from the inside out? Wow. What and a- I was like, that's yes, a guy who's going to be successful right Dude, there. He is super successful now, right? So he's, he's way past the, you know, that whole gig with us at Efficient Exercise. He's got his own gym open now, and he is off and running, right? right? This is a kid that doesn't have any student loans. He's got his own business now. He's doing what he loves, and he's got no debt. That right? is he's, so cool. He's set. He's off and running. You know, but he was one of the lucky ones that, that saw it for what it was. Right. And, and did something different. Um, so not everybody has to go that path either. And, but, but just be open, just look for your passion. And I, and I wish, you know, coming through the educational system, I wish that I would have been coached that way. Right. I wish that we would have, Hey, Hey man, if you want to go, if you want to work on oil rigs your entire life and do that kind of hard labor, rock on man that we need that you know that we need those positions absolutely and if that if that's what you want to do do it but you know i looked at that as a kid and i was like i'm not scared of the work but it's not what i want to do yep right it's just not what i want to do i want to do something else but in my closed reality and the reality that was set for me that's all that's dude that's a choice you got you can either roughneck go into the military or maybe you'll win the lucky draw and you'll go on and play you know, a professional sport but those are your choices man yeah and it's not true it's just not true yeah that is uh inspirational keith and man you know i just feel like i feel like we are at a time where more people are waking up and saying hey i don't have to go and do that do i there's this guy over here doing a podcast and uh, there's this guy who just started this business at the bottom of the housing market after having a previous failure in the dot-com. And now he's got the biggest ancestral health event on the planet. No, thank you so much. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, we, we could have talked about, hey, you're maybe, maybe we got to have you back on the show to talk a little oh, bit absolutely, more man. tactical and practical. But thank you so much for being for sharing this because this is probably what people need to hear more than any of the health. Hey, this is how you uh, adjust your protein intake or the tubers and the, you know, the, the fibrous vegetables are better than the, 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 the starchy ones and and grains. And that's certainly important, right? But it's, you know, it's the majoring and minor thing. It's until you get that other stuff worked out, the, the higher level stuff that it's kind of not important, right? I mean, it's just, until you get the higher level things figured out, yes, you know I control my 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 uh, macros too. For but that you know that takes up like 
two seconds of my life every day, uh, you know, thought that goes into that. Sure. But 99% of my thought are on the bigger things, on the bigger vision, on the, you know, all these things that really affect my soul and my health. And I would say one thing before we close, I know we're trying to wrap up, but man, I, I get asked a lot, what is the, you know, tell me one thing that you love the most about Paleo FX. Yeah. And this is it. This is what I love the most is because you will see in here 5,000 different success stories at Paleo FX. And they don't all have to do with diet. There is entrepreneur after entrepreneur after entrepreneur there. And they're all doing what they love to do. Or they're there to figure it out, figure out what it is I love to do. But I'm already primed. I know it. I get it. I, I, I'm just trying to find, I'm trying to fine tune it and get into it. But that, what I love about it is that mindset, that questioning mindset. I don't buy into the reality tunnel that society has set for me. I've cracked that. Bam. Okay, let's figure out what we're really going to do now. And that's what I love about Paleo FX. To a person, every attendee that you talk to has some kind of just a whoa success story. All the vendors on the floor, every one of them has a success story. Of course, the speakers have a success story too. But uh, everyone there is just—I mean, it, it's just a culmination and a network opportunity of some of the most awesome people you will ever run into in your life. Wow, I am just uh, so inspired right now, and more motivated than ever to attend paleo effects. And if you're listening right now, and if that, if you vibed with what Keith shared and you want to be around a bunch of people who think that way and perhaps can help you think outside of your current reality tunnel, because we all are living in that tunnel in our own tunnel and we can all expand a bit more, go to paleofx.com. It's the events going on. At uh, starts Friday, May 19th through Sunday, May 21st, 2017. It's going to be amazing. Keith, you also have a personal website too, ancestralmomentum.com, where you told me you like to share a a bit of a brain dump on things that are on your mind and and things that you perhaps, uh, you know, is, is more personal stories that you like to share as well. Is there anywhere else where people should go to learn? Uh, yeah. yeah, those are the two uh, big places, uh, paleofx.com and uh, the ancestralmomentum.com. My, my personal blog, which resides on an ancestralmomentum.com, is theory to practice. And I, I understand that's a total marketing faux pas, and I, I get that. <laughs> there's, a, there's a long story to how that came about, but um, Alternately, you can just uh, you can Google theory to practice, just like it sounds, uh, in Keith Norris, and it, it'll take you right there. Um, awesome. I, I pretty much I pretty much own the the SEO on theory to practice in quotes. So that's that, that's one little kudo I have after ten years of blogging. So I've got that <laughs> locked up pretty good. Uh, but yeah, it is a, that is a brain dump of it, of just everything. I mean, it's yeah, uh, everything from strength and conditioning to diet to uh, plant medicine, entrepreneurship. I mean, you, you never know what's going to pop up on that site. You, it, my, my brain's a pretty crazy place to be and a lot of it gets spit out on paper. So, <laughs> and some of it makes it to the blog. So, uh, it, it's fun. It keeps me sane. Right on Keith. Well, man, I didn't know what to expect during this interview, but I feel, you know, like we're kindred spirits. We're working to help people detach 
from their limiting beliefs, from that limiting reality that they feel they're in. And man, that's that's what podcasts are about. That's what Legendary Life is about. That's what Paleo FX is about. And we definitely need more people getting on board with that because they'll be happier, more successful. And man, the world will be a better place. So Keith Norris, yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on, sharing your stories, your time, and, and just a pleasure to finally connect with you. Yeah, right on. Be the revolution and change the world. Boom. I love it, Keith. <laughs> Thanks so much. Welcome to the TED's Takeaways part of the podcast. This is where I talk about what I feel are the biggest takeaways from the episode. Before I do, I got to tell you, I was blown away by Keith Norris. We talked for quite a bit before, and then we talked for a long time after. And I got to tell you, what a solid dude. That's the type of person we need more people. We need more people like Keith Norris is what I'm trying to say. Which brings me to make sure you go check out the paleofx.com website. The PaleoFX events happening in May. If you have any inclination, any sort of desire, that's a place where you should be. If you want to learn more about the evolutionary perspective, you want to hear more from people like Rob Wolf, who's been on the podcast, from uh, Chris Cresser, who I have not had on the podcast yet, but who I look up to a lot. And just these people who are really pushing forward a better lifestyle, not just health and fitness, but with the community that they surround themselves with. And that brings us to my first takeaway, which is, okay, you've got an exercise program if you're listening to this. You've got a nutrition program that you've been doing. I mean, obviously, if you're listening, you're you're a savvy person. You probably don't have the results that you want yet, but maybe you're on the path. And that's cool. And, And you're working towards that. But I also want you to think about what about the quality of your tribe, of your surroundings, of the people who you surround yourself with. There's been all these sayings like Tony Robbins, you're, you're the average, or, or Jim Rohn rather, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I think Tony Robbins said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. There, there's been so many sayings. And, and if you remember some of the episodes that I did, there was a Dr. Nicholas Christakis, if I remember his name correctly, who did a TED talk and showing like how our social networks have such a profound influence on us so that if you have people, if you have friends who are obese, it makes it more statistically probable that you're going to be obese. If you have friends who have friends who are obese, that still ups your statistical probability. Now, I want to make an argument that that goes for happiness, that goes for what your goals are in life. If you're hanging around with people who just don't aspire to much, not that there's anything wrong with that, but if you're different, then you need to get around people who inspire you, who motivate you, who share the same types of goals. And if you don't have that, believe me, it's tough. I have very few friends in Miami Beach. Giselle and I have very few friends here who are really working towards something. A lot of my clients, they're just riding out the wave of all their hard work in the past, which is great. I mean, they deserve it. But the people who are kind of on our level who are working towards something, it's just, there's. A, I'll put it to you like this. There's no online podcast entrepreneur meetup group down here. And it's 
if you look at New York or other places, there's people really looking to get together to hustle. And I want to ask you, do you have a strong support group? And it doesn't have to be an online entrepreneur meetup group unless that's the area you're in. Maybe it could be church for you. Maybe it could be uh, some type of workout group. Maybe it could be a public speaking group like Toastmasters. But make sure you get around people who are pushing you forward, who support you. There's nothing worse than getting motivated and having the fire inside of you. And then when you share your ideas, they just get shot down. Why do you want to do that? That's crazy. Oh man, you want to leave your job and do this? No way. Why do you want to eat healthy? Why don't you just enjoy life a bit? It's so terrible. And I feel bad every time I hear that from one of my coaching clients or from one of my personal training clients. And uh, it's it, we pull each other down, unfortunately. Like we talked about in the interview, like Keith mentioned, you know, the pot of boiling crabs, uh, which is a, a, a classic. So that's the first takeaway. And the second takeaway is that's this evolutionary perspective, understanding the wiring of human beings. If you don't want to talk about evolution, understanding our wiring, it can show us the way in terms of moving out of a situation that we don't find that is serving us. For example, people who chase money but aren't happy. I know a lot, have known a lot of them here in Miami Beach. So if you're thinking that money is going to make the, the difference for you, which it can, it can do a lot for, for that matter. I mean, if you can pay your bills and everything, but if you think that's the sole thing that you need to make you happy, that doesn't affect us the same way. And why is that? Because we're human beings, we're wired a certain way. Just like if you feel like this, there should be some sort of weird diet that you live off of uh, Twinkies and processed food. There, there just isn't going to ever be a time when, when a large amount of that stuff is going to be healthy. And that's why the whole eating whole foods perspective or, you know, I don't love to use the word paleo, even though I appreciate it and appreciate the paleo effects conference. But that whole idea like, hey, let's stop eating these Frankenstein foods that were put together by food chemists off the New Jersey Turnpike. If you've ever read Fast Food Nation, that's apparently where all these food chemists, all these, these industries are, right? Where, where they manufacture these smells and foods and everything. So there's never going to be a time when that's good for you right? A large amounts of it, maybe every once in a while, but large amounts of it are good for you. And why? Because that's how the human beings are wired. And there's never going to be a time where you're going to be able to thrive around negative people. So start to put that evolutionary lens on other parts of your life, not just the health and the fitness, although it's important to do that as well. And again, not everything needs to be paleo, right? It doesn't always need to be, hey, did a caveman do this. Like I had Rob Wolf come on and he said, you shouldn't ask if this is paleo. You should ask, is this good for me? And those are the two biggest takeaways that I had from this interview. And that's all I want to share because I, now we're pushing an hour and 20 minutes now, but I do want to leave you with the, the fat loss over 40 course. I do want to tell you about that one more time because I'm so pumped about it. And I do talk a lot about the evolutionary perspective and why it's so hard to get in shape to the fact that one third of Americans are obese. 
and even more than that are overweight. I mean, it's, it's the norm and everybody thinks that it's, you know, a, a moral failing or, or a failure of willpower. No, we're kind of set up for it. And unless you know what to do, unless you implement those things, you're going to be at a loss. And of course, I mix that in with some of the latest science to help you dial things in to get those results, to lose that fat. So no more genetics being your excuse, no more age being a an excuse, lower testosterone levels for guys or lower thyroid levels for women. Those are excuses. You can still get results. And this course will help you. So make sure you go to legendarylifepodcast.com, click on the store and sign up for the waiting list to the fat loss course. That's how I've got. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And I'll speak with you soon. 